0: It's Aaron here. I know you hit play hoping for a brand new episode of Lifetime Sentence. Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances, some technical, some just nonsense, and of course the holiday this week. Paul and I were unable to record. So instead, we're gonna present you with the following from our Patreon vault. We hope you enjoy. And if you do, head on over to Patreon and subscribe. it's one dollar for all of our um, Audio content only, and then $5 a month for all of our content. We hope you do enjoy and have a great week spending time with your family and friends. We'll see you next week. Bye. All right. So, do you want to hear a story?
1: Yes, I would love to hear a story.
0: Okay. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stories because. All I have for you this week and our listeners are hysterical Thanksgiving fails.
1: (laughs) I cannot wait. Oh, my God. If my family winds up on here, it won't surprise me.
0: Um, So I pulled from a bunch of sites, Reddit, um, a New England magazine, Red Book, Cafe Mom. So there's like a bunch of stuff in here um, all mixed together. So are you ready?
1: I'm so ready.
0: And they are in in no particular order, by the way. So, um, So, the first one is, it was the Thanksgiving that my aunt, henceforth referred to as Jailbird.
1: Yes! Anything that starts out like this is great.
0: Got out of jail for serious criminal offenses involving gun trafficking. Her and my other aunt, Moon Pie, her favorite snack, also fitting because she's round like one. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Got into an argument over who bought my sister a gift, which she had had since she was four years old. Jailbird was only 14 when the gift was given to my sister. making it it impossible that it was her. But peace was, oh no. And so after my grandma said enough is enough and they moped around for a few hours, peace was made. Or so we thought.
1: Oh no. Oh God, okay.
0: So dinner arrives. It's going well. Until Moon Pie thought it would be a good idea for her to carve the turkey which my grandmother is seeing no issues with this let her okay jailbird was stabbed in the leg with the carving no out. no <laughs> ah! and that is when all hell broke loose
1: i i can't imagine
0: um <laughs> i can't Uh, crap, I lost my place because this is so funny. My sister and I were told to go to our room. We were staying there for Thanksgiving, so we occupied the guest bedroom. We left, heard some screaming and some glass breaking. And when me and my sister came out to see what all was happening, well, it had turned into an all-out brawl. My parents and other aunts were trying to keep... Jailbird and moon pie away from each other and not having much success. Grandma was just sitting there. this is this is the best. <laughs> I want to be Grandma.
1: Yes, absolutely. Grandma
0: was just sitting there drinking her boxed wine and smoking like nothing was happening.
1: <laughs> I would I choose to believe that it's not only the boxed wine but the Coella Deville cigarette extension. Like, just real classy grandma, and that she has nails that are roughly four and a half inches long. This is the grandma I'm picturing in my head.
0: Anywho, long story short, I called the cops, and Jailbird and Moonpie now have both spent some time in jail, and on Thanksgiving, too. <laughs> oh
1: my God. That's the gift that keeps on giving, and you've got more. I can't wait. I've got more. <sighs>
0: All right. Number two, I have a large family with an immense amount of borderline borderline personality disorders. Same. The worst instance was my aunt, a who was going through a divorce and my uncle B had been holding some of her belongings in storage while things got settled. Well, Uncle B got drunk and told Aunt A that his new wife had sold a lot of her belongings because she wasn't paying for the storage at their house. Oh, no. What? Well, my mother... My mother got involved and tried yelling at the uncle, and that's when Aunt C and Uncle D got involved and started a completely different argument. Meanwhile, Aunt A was chasing around Uncle B with a knife, and my cousin called the police. (laughs) It was a full-out brawl by the time they got there, and Aunt A was taken away to a psych ward as she was sitting in her car with a knife threatening to kill herself, which is not okay. No. This was the first—this is the best part. This is why I even kept it in, despite that sad part. This was the first Thanksgiving I had brought my boyfriend, now husband. Well,
1: yeah, if he can stick that out, he's in for the long haul. Or he is one of us and he wanted to see just how fucked up things are going to get. And he's like, I'm just going to put a ring on it and we'll see where it goes.
0: Yep. (laughs) All right.
1: Oh, man.
0: (laughs) One is really gross, but it's hysterical. I'm trying
1: to, so I'm making a list of which one is your family story. Okay. And and I'll let you know at the end which one I think is your family.
0: (laughs) It's pretty obvious already. Uh, My grandmother ran out of counter space. Shit was sort of burning like crazy on top of the stove. She took the turkey um, on the tray, looked around, and put it on the ground for like three
1: seconds. Uh, 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 I don't, what, I, um, okay.
0: She intended for it to be there for three seconds. (sighs) Her dog Roscoe no. had been following No, it gets it's, oh, no. It's not going where you think it's gonna I'm afraid he's gonna had... burn himself on the tray. No. Her dog Roscoe had been following her all day. Earlier she had tossed him a turkey uh, giblet. And I guess that didn't sit well with him. He shit all over that oh. <laughs> leg, the floor. Oh no! And the freshly cooked turkey. <laughs> Oh no oh my God in one explosive two second blast of fiery diary oh, oh my God <laughs> oh my God okay, continue <laughs> This is the one that I think is probably most like my family. Well, my family in the before times, but okay. um, like when my grandparents were still alive. Gotcha. I spent my first Thanksgiving with my husband in his Irish Italian neighborhood in New York City. <laughs> As a newcomer, I was placed in charge of boiling 15 pounds of potatoes. When they were ready, I picked up the pan and surveyed the crowd ki- the crowded kitchen for a sink in which to drain them. My husband's elderly uncle, which would be my grandfather in this situation, okay. 100%. Okay guided me to a small half bathroom and grabbed a steaming pot. He started to drain the potatoes into the toilet, but he lost his grip on the lid and all the (laughs) potatoes tumbled in. Oh, no. I screamed, oh, no, but Uncle Bob began fishing the potatoes out of the toilet. No one will ever know, he whispered. Now just go out there and mash them. No! my god sometime later during the (laughs) meal my husband's aunt tot leaned over and whispered your potatoes are delicious I think you're going to fit into this family quite nicely (laughs) oh my god oh my god I watched
1: uh, I watched a tiktok yesterday where this girl had the like craziest laugh I've ever ever heard And the Mm -hmm. top comment said her laugh just went through the five stages of grief. And I feel that today as I'm dying, you're going to kill me with these stories. Okay.
0: All right. Are you ready for the next one?
1: (laughs) I don't know. You got to let me breathe. Okay. I'm back.
0: This one. You know what? Actually, I'm going to save that one for last because it's my favorite. (sighs) Okay, so we'll go to the next one. My girlfriend, brought up by her mother and live-in grandmother, never learned anything about cooking. But with a cookbook and a lot of confidence, she decided to cook Thanksgiving dinner for the entire family. No,
1: no, 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 no.
0: After reading the directions about cleaning and stuffing the bird, she went ahead and did so, then put it into the oven. After a few hours, she checked on the bird and found it foaming all over. Why did you
1: wash it with soap? Why did you wash it with soap? What is wrong with you?
0: She cleaned the turkey with ivory soap. (laughs) What the the fuck? Oh, my God. Okay, this is more like my family in the after times. <laughs> when I was 22, my dad got super drunk at Thanksgiving and announced to everyone that he and my mom were getting a divorce. <laughs> this was news to my mom. <laughs> As was the fact that my dad was having an affair with my mom's oh. cousin. Oh, no. Oh, God. It got very Jerry Springer very quickly.
1: No, Cleaned you don't throne,
0: say. People were crying and all the kids were hiding in the closet. Oh, my God. The next year, I stayed home for Thanksgiving and had a pot pie and whiskey for dinner.
1: I mean, absolutely. That's the only remedy for this situation.
0: Oh, this is... Both of our families.
1: (laughs) Good. Good. I was waiting when we would finally co-mingle.
0: My family isn't Jewish, but I'm married to a Jewish man and I'm raising my kids in the Jewish tradition. Okay. Last year, we went to Thanksgiving with my side of the family for the first time since we'd had kids. My redneck cousin...
1: (laughs) Oh no, there's my family.
0: Really seemed really surprised to see us there. I figured out why when she loudly asked me if the Jews celebrate Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> My drunken aunt then chimed in with, quote, I think they do, but you know they don't do Christmas because their people killed Jesus. Oh, my God. That
1: is 1,000% my family. What I think – I think I was at this dinner, in
0: fact. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) All right. This is the last story. It is my favorite, and then we will talk about Thanksgiving, probably. Okay. Uh, My husband was a ship's pilot and was not due home until around 3 a.m. On Thanksgiving Day, so I ordered a 25-pound fresh-killed turkey from the local butcher. Okay. It was delivered in a paper bag the day before Thanksgiving. I put it in the refrigerator to be dealt with later. Okay. Okay. That night, I fed, bathed, and put our three children to bed. I set the table for 16 guests and made the stuffing. Sweet potatoes, twice-baked potatoes, cranberry sauce, apple pie, pumpkin pie, and more. I want to go to her house for Thanksgiving. Right? It was 2 a.m. before I took the turkey out of the refrigerator. Now I remember her husband's supposed to be home in an hour. Uh Uh-huh. And they're gonna eat the next day, don't worry. Right, right. <laughs> uh as I opened the bag Did it bag, still
1: have feathers?
0: As I opened the bag, I nearly fainted. There was the turkey. Feathers and all.
1: <laughs> I saw that coming I
0: tried to pull the feathers out but it didn't work at the hour there was no one I could call for help (laughs) I was beginning to get hysterical and I went into the bathroom to get some tissues to dry my tears where I saw the answer to my problem right on the bathroom counter you can imagine my husband's surprise an hour later when he walked into the house and saw his very tired wife crying and shaving a turkey with his, <laughs> with his Norelco electric shaver. Oh my God. Wait, this is the best part. P.S. It worked fine and my husband is still using electricity. <laughs> Oh my god
1: Oh my god My family has done some weird ass shit but not not that. Oh my god So God, that was so good. Now I'm curious as to um your best insane Thanksgiving story.
0: Um <coughs> So well it'd probably be the year before last when my mom was gone. Okay. And I offered to cook Thanksgiving for everyone. Right. Y'all remember this.
1: Yes, I remember.
0: And my father said no. And then 45 hours before (laughs) Thanksgiving morning
1: Uh
0: texted me and said, you should probably cook Thanksgiving dinner after all.
1: Yep. Yep. I remember.
0: Um, it was a nightmare. Actually, it turned out okay. Like, I can pull, I can pull shit off. But there was a very stressful 44 hours in there where I did definitely want to die.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no,
0: 100%. Other than that, like, our Thanksgivings were pretty... Normalish, except, I mean, what I consider normal, I have found in my old age that other people don't. Okay. So, like the like you know, my grandparents had a full bar in their house. Right. Like uplit shelves, you know, like a full sink and gu- like gun, like soda gun situation. Right. Every like it was a bar in their house.
1: Oh my gosh. That sounds Um, wonderful.
0: It was pretty rad. So like... There, they had a pool in the backyard, and it was heated. So we'd like all beg our grandfather because he hated to turn it on because it costs so much money. Right. I mean, the pool, so much money, but we would beg him to turn it on for holidays, and we would come over and go swimming, and then we'd get out, and they'd leave the heater on, and like, so the adults would all just sit around and drink all day long, which seems fine to me. Right. But. And then us kids would run around and, like, like there'd be empty glasses everywhere because full bar. Right. And, and we would just, like, finish all the glasses. So, by the end of the night, everyone was trashed, even the kids.
1: Right. <laughs> you have to be.
0: And so, you know, we would all eventually pass out and our parents would carry us home. And then my grandparents and their friends would have, like, rowdy-ass, neighbors-calling-the-cops-type parties in uh-uh. which they would, like skinny-dip in the hot pool. <laughs> and... So, yeah. And that's that's
1: what you consider normal, just like, yeah, like those are pretty normal. Okay, great, great.
0: Like, Um, that would, like, if I would, if I, when I grow up, like, that's my goal. Like, I want to have a house with a heated pool and Thanksgiving, have a big friendsgiving Yeah, 100%. 100%.
1: Um, Because
0: you know what's great to eat? When you're swasted, any kind of food and Thanksgiving food, you know, it's just the food that keeps on coming. Oh,
1: 100 percent. Thanksgiving is like better the next day, in fact, when you can eat it as leftovers. And yep. I, used, I used to be the king of the leftover sandwich from Thanksgiving where you just oh God, s- I slap love it all on bread. Um, the, the problem is. I found out, you know, about a year and a half ago now that I have celiac. And Mm. so probably putting dressing on bread is a real, real bad idea. Like, like maybe don't do that.
0: I have a question. Yes. What do you consider in your family to be dressing? And what do you consider to be stuffing?
1: Okay, so.
0: Because I have a pretty, like, I have a, a normal idea of what that is, but I've been asking other people because apparently that's not, like, an across-the-board thing. Right.
1: So, in my family, A, we don't do stuffing at all um, because stuffing goes inside of the turkey, and my family Thank doesn't you. do that. Um, and it's also much more cornmeal or cornbread-based than Like traditionally, then what my mom makes is dressing. So the thing about my mom's dressing, and I can say this proudly and boldly because this is locked behind a paywall that none of my family pays for. So they will never hear it. Congratulations. It has made me sick my entire life. It makes Sarah sick. It makes my brother Kyle sick. Now, Kyle and I both are gluten intolerant. So we didn't learn that until much later in life. Mm -hmm. But um, Sarah's issue is just the texture, because this is how my mother makes dressing. I'm going to I'm going to release the secret family recipe. So I hope everyone is writing this down. Okay, you take one of those giant Westinghouse cookers like the electric cooker that stays on forever. Um, A crock pot? No, it's like a crock pot's great big uncle. Um, They're massive. You can do a whole turkey in them.
0: Oh, like a buffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: So you take that and then you tear up several loaves of white bread and then two pans of cornbread and you put that all in there together with some almost completely hard boiled eggs Now, my family's awful cooks. Like, you have to understand that I grew up thinking that I was a picky eater because I didn't like anything. And then when Sarah started cooking for me, I was like, oh, food tastes great. (laughs) Like My parents just suck. But you put that in there and then you um, chop some green onions and some celery and you have to rough cut the celery. That's how my mom says it. And then there Mm -hmm. is a specific glass that she uses that she fills up with water. And you pour that glass into the Westinghouse cooker. And it has to, and I quote, feel like this. You got to put your arm all the way in it and get to the bottom so you can see what it feels like. And this is the texture you want. And then you just let it sit and cook all day. And, um, at the end, you know, it's ready when you can put the spoon in there and then you turn the spoon upside down and it doesn't come off the spoon. And so you take that, you board the Titanic when they are about to hit the iceberg, you cover the front of the ship in my mother's dressing. You will protect the ship. The iceberg will die. So I hope you all wrote that down, because I know you're going to try it this year. (laughs) It sounded delightful. Okay.
0: Let me save everyone's stuff. (laughs) So we do Okay. So in our family, stuffing goes into turkey. Dressing is cooked outside the turkey. Right. That's the only difference. I like stuffing. That's my thing. But last year... um, Or maybe it's the year before. No, the year before I made Thanksgiving. So last year, my cousin's wife made this, like, redonkulous dressing. It does not, like, when I say what it is, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that sounds awful. Okay. It's so good. It has, like, sausage and jalapenos and, like, cornbread. Oh, Oh, my God. It was so good. (laughs) It, it was so good. I was like, I have never tasted anything this good in my life. She, yeah. So shout out to Sonya, my cousin-in-law, I guess. And please bring that to Thanksgiving again. I'm sure you you pay for our content.
1: <laughs> you, you got your big-ass sticker.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite Thanksgiving
1: food? My favorite Thanksgiving food... Um... I love sweet potatoes like any so so they're not sweet potatoes by the end because you cover them with brown sugar and marshmallows or yams you know either one um I but like I realized that my Thanksgiving food is in fact mac and cheese when Sarah Because so, we're doing Thanksgiving at our house this year. It's easier because we have like we're the only ones in the family with a kid. Um, And we have the new house, and so it's nice to show it off. Because I'm bougie, um, bad and bougie, in fact. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> so Sarah is taking over Thanksgiving, and my little brother texted that he was coming, and we weren't expecting it. And so she was like, "I guess I'll add mac and cheese to the menu now." And I was like, "No, no, mac and cheese was always on the menu. I don't know why you said, comma now, like like you're just now adding it. That was always on the menu."
0: <clears throat> I have a bomb ass mac and cheese recipe. Like yum 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 uh,
1: well, yum. I might hit you up for it.
0: And then, um, so I did
1: not realize that not every family has a thousand desserts at Thanksgiving until I married Sarah. Um to to the point that my mother really and truly makes the pie of everybody's preference. So if there are thirteen people coming, she makes thirteen pies.
0: We don't do We don't go that far, but we do... Okay, so my grandmother has a chocolate pie recipe that has been passed down to all of us. We make it every holiday. Um, My mother makes a rum cake every holiday. She makes a pineapple upside-down cake every holiday. She makes fudge every holiday, chocolate chip cookies. Okay. And sometimes she'll do a sheet cake, so that'll be six.
1: Right. I make fudge. That is the thing that I always bring.
0: I I make fudge, too. I, well, it's my mom's recipe, but I love it. It's so good. Um, <sighs> well, the pillow I wanted sold out. Oh, no. It said don't. It was cross-stitched, and it said don't get your tinsel in a tangle.
1: I love that. So my uh, my mom made me today. She put it in the mail. She told me um, "A this is my Hallmark Christmas movie watching shirt. Hey, so, uh, so that is on the way um, because... Is she going
0: to send it now that you ruined Christmas in Vienna?
1: Right. Also, it wasn't very good, Mom. You didn't miss much. I watched that one.
0: It wasn't. So... Ooh. Huh. Oh, no. I don't have an update since our episode earlier, so... Oh, no. um, I was going to say, update you on your Christmas movies, but I haven't had a chance to watch next week. I'm going to have nothing to do at work because my boss is going to be gone and he's like it's going to be dead as fuck so I'm going to watch Christmas movies during the day all day.
1: (laughs) Good for you. Next week I'm off all week and so I'm taking the baby to daycare and I'm making a shit ton of soap because I almost sold out last weekend and I have nothing for my December release. Um,
0: I know. Where's my I want my truffle.
1: Your truffles will be up on the site tonight. That's what I was working on when you texted me and said are we still recording and I was like son of a bitch sorry no not you that is my go-to curse whenever i like forgot something um like i'll be almost to my car in the mornings and realize i forgot my lunch kit like even basic
0: stuff i'm like son of a bitch now
1: i have to go back and get it
0: yeah i do that too well except i don't leave my house anymore so
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm so jealous one day that's that's the dream
0: I do walk from like my bedroom and I, I look, this is like my office and I come in here at seven thirty in the morning. And for the most part, I don't use the rest of my house
1: right. all day. Right.
0: <laughs> People think working at home is like lounging on the couch and shit. It's, it's not. <laughs> oh no. Or at least not my work, not my working from home.
1: <laughs> no. See um, mostly. I just want to be at a place where I don't get punched by a 13 year old and called a fucking fat ass. So yeah, like,
0: that's, I mean,
1: oh. making soap in my kitchen is is a is a better trade than that.
0: Oh, absolutely! Listen, you should make soap all the time because you're good at it, and it's
1: you know, and it awesome. makes me happy. So,
0: my therapist told me this week that I need to. Oh, where did I put it?
1: Oh God, she gave you a tool.
0: She gave me homework.
1: Oh no. Ugh.
0: Well, shit! I may have lost my homework. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I found it. I need to think of ways to parlay my passions into opportunities.
1: Don't. Oh, I have a question, Erin. Is your mm-hmm. therapist actually Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Don't let your dreams stay dreams.
0: No. <laughs> Because I'm very unhappy in like My career so
1: I know Which is why We are going to build this Fucking podcast up We're 100 episodes in We finally figured out what we're doing Once every four weeks Almost 100 (laughs) Right Roughly If we count our Patreon We're like 160 in or something
0: Oh totally Yeah if you count our Patreon We are like so experienced
1: yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna put this on a resume and
0: we're basically and, professional yeah put it on your teacher resume i want to <laughs> see how that goes
1: no i'm gonna put it on my resume when i apply to work for my own soap company um because wow. i registered my llc today a- right so you
0: did. Oh, yes no, you all
1: Yep. Well, and so when they called me today, they were like trying to walk me through the process. And I was like, listen, this is not my first one. And he was like, well, I need to. And I was like, no, it's not my first one. Can we just go like, I'm in the bathtub. I've had a bad day. I don't want to talk to LegalZoom right now
0: yeah I get that well we are gonna take off next week for Thanksgiving because we both need a break
1: absolutely and we will be back with I don't know what I'm gonna do probably probably something December themed if it's not like Christmas then it'll be Christmas adjacent
0: oh yeah I'll be going full ass Christmas on you all so I know
1: you are Mariah Carey and so like I'm not gonna step on that
0: Mariah Carey extra festive How fucking dare you (laughs) Damn it
1: Which speaking of I figured you were going for it
0: Christmas? Have you seen the TikTok where the the song starts playing? Yes. And it's like, oh, guys, guys, don't make me, don't make me, come on, guys. It's like, uh, Yes.
1: Oh, Oh, goodness. Well, Well... Everybody, enjoy your Thanksgiving. If you're seeing family... Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're seeing family, enjoy them. Be patient. Remember that we're all dealing with trauma this year. And people are assholes when they're dealing with trauma. And if your family's always assholes, just tell yourself that people are assholes when they're dealing with trauma. Just to get through the day.
0: (laughs) And, you know stay six feet apart, wear a mask, wash your hands, do all of those things because y'all, I want to come out of quarantine someday. Yes. Please.
1: We've got vaccines look like they're very promising. Um, Thanks to Dolly. Harden. Right. Thank God for Dolly. <laughs> so I, I, I think that we are seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. It's still very small, like don't run for that light yet. But there is a light out there. Yeah. Um, but until we see I saw you a meme again, earlier,
0: that was like, if you're not going to open bars again. At least, like, let us stand. At least, uh, lift open container laws so we can stand six feet apart, like drunk buffalo. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> I'm so down with that. I'm in Louisiana, where open container laws aren't aren't a real thing.
0: Yeah, you don't have that. <laughs> I mean, I'm in Texas, where. It's gotten literally. My my friend posted on Facebook while they were driving to Colorado with their kids. Like, oh, the one thing I love about quarantine is Texas, you know, drive through liquor laws, whatever. And she's like sipping a margarita in the passenger (laughs) seat, and she's like, "Sorry, Ryan, that's her husband who's like driving to Colorado."
1: (laughs) That's so funny. all right well everybody take care of yourselves and know that we love Have you through these holidays and if it's tough you and if it's too. not we love you
0: yes we'll see you in two weeks or a week yeah. Bye. bye
1: do you know that i love true crime
0: I had no idea.
1: And do you know that I love books? I didn't know that either. Well, today I'm gonna tell you about a crime that involves books.
0: Yay!
1: Loosely, you'll see how we get around to it. It's actually a really wonderful story. So,
0: um, pumped. you remember last also, week? What's the BT subs? Uh huh. Your last, um, your last Patreon, the one about Hetty. Hedy Lamar. Yeah, her uh, documentary is on Netflix right now, so if you want to watch it, go do that. I'm so glad you called that. All of that. our episodes.
1: and you. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you remember last week when I played that really weird gig where somebody was shot and killed outside and there wasn't enough money? Um... I do
0: indeed. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, the woman who.
0: Are you, is this your Patreon?
1: Yes. We're in the middle of my (laughs) recording. Um, Yeah. No, so. um, I know. I know. Your Patreon guy. Right? No, so the woman who does the hiring um, is my good friend, Laura, and she just like passively was like, hey, did you ever hear about this really fucked up murder in New Zealand? And I was like, tell me everything. So then she oh, was... my attention. Right? Well, so then she was like, um, I don't remember all the details, um, but she gave me a rundown. So then on the road home, I was like, do you mind if we listen to a podcast about it? So I found a really in-depth podcast called Once Upon a Crime. Ooh. And this woman who does Once Upon a Crime is so incredibly well-researched. And then I went home and did more research and wound up with like... Twenty pages of notes. So remember last week I told you I was going to be ready to record this. Well, I had 20 pages of notes and they weren't organized because I was typing them like James Joyce style, just (laughs) just as I thought them. Um, Uh, what is that called? Just, uh, stream of consciousness style. So yeah, I had to
0: work that's how I do m- all of my notes. I
1: know that is not how I do them. Cause it really stresses me out. So I, uh, went and redid them. And so I used that once upon a crime. And then, um, I went into murderpedia and I started looking up all the articles. And then I found out that that's where she did the bulk of her research too. And so basically all I was doing was re re quoting once upon a crime. <laughs> sure. But, um, so, this is the, um, this is a an old murder, too. You know, I kind of like those old historic ones.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it was in the 50s. Ooh, okay. Um, it involved two young girls from Christchurch, New Zealand. One was 16 uh-huh. and the other was 15. Um, and they were like very very different. One grew up very privileged. Her father so one, Juliet Hume, um her father was a professor. He was the director of um the university there, like the provost, and um he was a world-renowned mathematician. He helped design um the nuke. And um I mean, he was just an incredible, incredible mathematician, brilliant. Um, and his okay. his wife, Hilda, prided herself in being a society wife, and like she was one of those keeping up with the Joneses type people. Um, and since he was the director of the university there, they lived in a sixteen room mansion in Ooh, New Zealand, nice. right? Um, so. That was Juliet, and on the other side of the track. Did
0: you go to Taco Bueno? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, um, from the far other side of the tracks was Pauline... Pauline Yvonne Parker, whose parents were very much working class. Um, her father was a fish seller, and, um... Mm-hmm. She had dreamed of living the life that Juliet lived, um... She had grown up really wanting to play tennis like all the rich girls did, but she actually um, had lameness, so she could not be... I don't know what the actual diagnosis was, but she could not play tennis or do any sports that involved a lot of running, because I think she had was a she twisted just leg.
0: Really, was she just really bad at tennis? And you were like, that's <laughs> lame, <laughs> because that's the only... That's the only way I can think of that statement being any kind of correct. Um, This particular thing said she
1: walked with the suspicion of a limp, which makes me think she's just like anticipating having a limp one day, which is not the same as having a limp.
0: (laughs) Uh, Also... It's a medical diagnosis. It's not a a mystery. Like, what the hell?
1: I don't know. This was the 50s. Like, I think they were still diagnosing ghosts in the blood sometimes. Do cocaine about it. (laughs) So, um, she always wanted to either play tennis or ride horses Um, so when she met her friend Juliet Hume who owned a pony she Pauline would sneak over and ride it and um, pretend like she was part of this fancy saddle club and like she lived her fantasy life through Juliet
0: Um, speaking of lame fancy clubs are lame (laughs) you would know you have the insider story I would know. They're super lame. Um, so,
1: (laughs) Pauline and Juliet struck up this really interesting friendship that, um, because of the time period, everyone suspected that they were lesbians and therefore they were, you know, accursed. They were straight from the depths of hell. Right. Um, they they actually never confirmed that they had any kind of relationship beyond friendship, um,
0: but I don't blame them because I wouldn't either. Right? I'd be like, so, Let those
1: fuckers guess. Right. So um, neither here nor there, but it did cause them to be kind of pariahs in their community get over yourself. Right? Not you. Um, right, I know what you mean. So, <laughs> um, the more I read about Juliet, the sadder her life began, uh, like, the, the sadder her life was. Um, and Aww. and Pauline's was pretty sad, too, but Juliet, like, for being the rich girl, she was the one with um, all the makings of a murderer, if I'm being honest. So, um, her mother sent her off on multiple occasions to live overseas with a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, she was very ill several times, and so she was told that going to a milder climate, because they lived in England, and if they went to a milder climate, that she would have a better chance of, like, you know, getting healthy and surviving and thriving. And so instead of doing what... I would think that I would do as a parent, and moving with my child, they just found a nanny to pawn her off on, and put her on a boat and sent her off. Um, how? And then Juliet had a younger brother who they doted on, so that was the other half of that. Was like she was the kind of embarrassment of a girl, and then they had this son who they loved and was healthy. Um,
0: she see. Seemed- perfectly fucking healthy.
1: Uh-huh. So, I don't know what went into this.
0: Two thumbs way down for the 50s right now. Right? And I usually love the <laughs> So, um... Okay.
1: So Juliet, let's see. She was fifteen at the time. She was tall for her hair age. Um, she was five foot seven, and she was slim. She had shoulder length brown hair. Um, she had that beautiful, like per- perfect English comp- complexion of like the pink and white. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she was just like that. Um, that. Th- and for New Zealand, almost exotic, kind of beautiful, you know, rich girl who came from England and she looked exactly how right. girls were supposed to look. And, oh, the other thing, I knew there was another story I want to tell about her childhood. So she was living in London at the time of the bombings. Oh. And um her mother and her had to stay there while her father was off working with the uh, military. Um, Right. And so they would have to escape to a bomb shelter and she can remember running, you know, to bomb shelters um, so many times. But there was one time in particular when her mother was Big pregnant with her younger brother, that she was so big that she got stuck in the door to the bomb shelter. And she always went first. She made Juliet bring up the rear. So Juliet was locked outside while her mom was stuck in the door with the bombs going off over London. Uh huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no way she could have PTSD well, this is from not that
0: that thing where you put your own oxygen mask on first you don't leave your kid outside with the bomb so you can be safe mom
1: her mom would be her mom told her to go hide under a
0: bush bushes aren't very protective against bombs I feel, I feel like the bomb might get through the bush
1: I listen the other side. maybe London has bomb proof bushes I didn't do enough <laughs> research
0: <laughs> well, I can't wait to go to London and, and tour the bombs, the bomb proof bushes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
1: God. So, here they are living in um, New Zealand, and um, they had like a guest house also in their mansion, like by their mansion. They had renters, sure. but. While Juliet, like you do, right. While Juliet's parents were going through some uh, marital issues, they decided to take a like a couples' cruise to try to get over things and work things out, and they came back with. <laughs> a new friend i can't even a new friend named bill perry who went on to be their gardener they kicked out the borders and bill got to live in the guest house and on more than one occasion juliet walked in on mama and bill perry having sex Ew! Uh huh. And Mama lying. And this was like Juliet was 14. Like she was old enough to know what was going on. And Mama butt ass naked in bed next to Bill Perry. And they're each sipping tea, like post coital tea, everyone's favorite tea.
0: (laughs) Um, Mama goes, When it's so good, you don't need a cigarette, you need a spot of
1: tea. So, mama looks at Juliet and she was like, "Oh, well, Bill was feeling bad, so I brought him some tea." And it's like, you know, tits and tea, that's the quickest way to heal any man. Like, I don't Tits and tea so Juliet and Pauline had many reasons between the two of them to retreat into just themselves. They created this completely self-sufficient unit where they didn't need anybody. They both dreamed of being writers and actresses and, um, they would write stories and daydream all the time. And they wrote poetry. Um, they each kept journals and, um, the journals actually revealed a lot about them. And so I will bring up some of their journal entries in a little bit, but, um, So, fast forward to, I deleted the date when I was reorganizing my notes, sometime in June of 1954, um, Mm -hmm. Pauline and Juliet come running into a tea shop where they had had lunch earlier that day, dripping in blood. And Pauline
0: screams- That's different than how I-
1: take tea. Listen, well, it, th- this is the other kind of. So there's postcoital tea, and then there's covered in blood tea.
0: Oh sure. Yeah, New Zealand doesn't usually. It wear. I just have usually I just have some tea with some milk and sugar in my bed or something but okay
1: yeah So you
0: you, you do you girl <laughs>
1: so um pauline comes running in and she screams it's mummy she's terrible i think she's dead it's mummy <laughs> <laughs> i think she's dead we tried to carry her but she was too heavy and then Juliet screams yes it's her mother she's covered with blood um and so Mrs. Ritchie, Mrs. Agnes Ritchie, who was the tea shop, like who was running the tea shop, um, tries to get more information out of them, but they're distraught. They're all over the place. She calls for her husband to go where the girls say that their mother was, that uh, Pauline's mother was, and see if they can figure out, you know, if he can figure out what's going on. And she rang the cops while he was running down to sea. So he took his... I just want to say, I completely believe
0: this story. It doesn't sound suspicious
1: at, at all. Right. So he uh, takes his friend down the path to where she was. And it was this path that connected like the two. There were two like shopping centers and there was this like little park in between. Sure. And so mom is down on the ground, blood everywhere, head visibly bashed in and uh, a brick on the ground beside her. And... Whenever, oh uh huh, and whenever, um, and a torn, um, pantyhose stocking on the ground. So the girls. St- say to mrs agnes richie and then to the police when they arrived that they were walking and the mom lost her footing and she fell and she hit her head on a rock and then they tried to pick her up and they dropped her and she hit her head again and they tried one more time and she hit her head again and so that's when they decided to run for somebody you know that time when you try to pick your mom up and you drop her three times directly on a brick This is
0: very legitimate. I don't know why you sound so sarcastic. Right?
1: So, um, the police, since they're minors, the police can't question them without adults present. And when they're trying
0: to, so they go and investigate. Oh, well, this is in America. Right. They go
1: to investigate the. Um, the woman and Pauline and uh, Juliet call Juliet's father to pick them up and take them home, like take them to Juliet's house. When they get, they're like, Dad, uh huh, come get us. So when they get home, Juliet's mother Hilda sees that they're covered in blood. So she takes their nice coats and has Bill Perry, her gardener slash. Tea buddy, um, (laughs) take them to the dry cleaners and she burns all the other clothing because she didn't know how to get blood stains out. She says, and then Jesus, okay, she also takes all of Juliet's diaries and all her writings and burns them too while the girls sleep off the trauma of the day. Not suspicious at all. This is very Cindy Anthony of her. Right? So, um, the police begin investigating and, um, they ask um, Pauline if she keeps journals. If she keeps diaries or anything because, um, they, they just need to clear her name. Like, they really convince her that they're trying to clear her of it even though everyone on Earth knows that these two girls did it, right? So they get her diaries and I'm just going to read you some of the entries. So yes, June 23rd, that was the day um, I found my dates finally. So here's some of the entries. February 23rd, actually, (laughs) if these notes are to be believed, she wrote January 23rd. Sure. Um, 1954. Why Why could not mother die? Dozens, thousands of people are dying. Why not mother and father too? Life is very hard.
0: Why could not mother die? April 28th,
1: 1954. Anger against mother boiling inside me as she is the main obstacle in my path. Suddenly means of ridding myself of the obstacle occur to me. If she were to die, dot, dot, dot.
0: I uh, what path? Is it the path between the shopping?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the obstacle. She's the she's the thing blocking. They just opened a new cosmetic store down there and Mommy is blocking the path.
0: Well, I assume that if she moves out of the way, she will no longer be blocking that path.
1: Uh, ex- no need to get
0: the brick involved, right?
1: I'll explain the motive in a minute because it's a seriously fucked up motive too. So oh God! June twentieth, Deborah and I talked for some time. Deborah is her pet name for Juliet, and Pauline prefers to go by Paul. So they're Deborah and Paul when they write about each other.
0: You see how much I'm squinting <laughs> at you? Right I know now? it all sounds like this is not real. <laughs> like. This sounds completely made up, so Deborah. Deborah, first of all, no. <laughs> Deborah
1: and I talked for some time. Afterwards, we discussed our plans for moitering Mother M-O-I-D-E-R-I-N-G. because that's how they say it in gangster films. It was a moita. Like <laughs> so she writes moita like seven times in her journals. <laughs> We discuss afterwards, we discussed our plans for countermeasure, Paul. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> we discussed our plans for murdering mother and made them clear. But peculiarly enough, I have no qualms of conscience or is it peculiar? We are so made.
0: I, um, it's peculiar. <laughs> I just want to say I think it's peculiar.
1: June yeah. 21st, Deborah rang and we decided to use a brick in a stocking rather than a sandbag. Mother has fallen in with plans beautifully, feel quite keyed up. June 22nd, can I, you see my face? Uh, yes. <laughs> June 22nd, I felt very excited last night, sort of a night before Christmas feeling, but I did not have pleasant dreams. I am about to rise. And on top of every page for June 22nd, the Oh, so these are just clips from like the whole thing, but um oh, yeah. on top of every page in June 22nd, it said the day of the happy event.
0: You know, what's really helpful for police is that when you commit a crime, you discuss it in your diary at great length with very much detail. Uh Uh-huh. So. It's like showing up to a chemical plant to steal the ingredients to make meth with the recipe in your trunk, not that I know anyone who did that (laughs) right so um,
1: when they start to question Juliet her story changes exactly four times the first time is that they were just walking and um, that mother fell and then the next time it was they the police were like well Pauline has already said that you weren't walking with them And she was like, well, I just lied to protect her. Um, I was actually walking ahead because they were fighting and it was embarrassing to be around. So I didn't want to embarrass them. And then the, um, the next time the story said, well, I heard them arguing, but I found this really pretty ring in the ground and I was trying to show them. And so mom fell and busted her head while I was trying to show them the ring, um, which now this is how like calculated Juliet was. She had actually broken a ring and left it on the path so that it could be part of her alibi. Yeah, I mean, good. Thank you. Um, Which I am not a forensic expert. I am not saying that I know anything to be fact except for what has been reported at this point. But it would seem to me that she's the mastermind behind all of this. And that she was, like, she had a genius level IQ when she was tested. She was, like, in the 170s or 180s. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, anyway, and so finally, she actually just gets to around to, like, she helped Pauline once Pauline went on her rampage, but it was just because she felt like she had no other choice.
0: It's like that age-old conundrum. Like, when you find out you're a genius, you're like, do I join Mensa because it's so politically motivated and, you know, you have to pay money for it? Or, or, do I commit a murder?
1: God, I hate when I have to decide between politics and murder. Same. same. Now, to be fair, that's actually a, a pretty tough choice. If my options are go into politics or commit a murder, I don't know which one I would pick most days.
0: Well, but it's now 2020. It was the 50s back then. <laughs>
1: That's true. Um, I feel
0: like everyone had a very clear enemy in the
1: 50s. The lead detective on this case also brought in there, and um, the trial against the women, uh, against the girls, I mean, he... Um, He told, so in his testimony, he said that um, when he was talking to Pauline Parker about her mother's death. Oh, also, after all this, Pauline finds out for the first time that her parents aren't married, that her dad actually has a secret family elsewhere that he ran away from and that her mom knew about. Um, and so they could not legally get married and so the state actually forces her to change her name to her mother's maiden name because they were using the last name Reaper but that was not allowed because her parents weren't married which I don't know how the government can tell you you can't have the last name you were given but whatever
0: they can't but also I mean they can't because you can literally change your name to anything
1: right right I mean, just look at Cher. She doesn't even have a last name.
0: Nope. I'm going to see her in two days.
1: I am so jealous. Shut up. Um, Anyway, so... um, he said that in his testimony, detective Brown said that, um, at first Pauline Parker said that her mother had slipped and hit her head on a rock or stone. And Mm -hmm. when he told her, we believe the girl Hume was not present when the fatality occurred, Pauline looked surprised. And then detective Brown said, you are suspected of the murder of your mother. And Pauline made no reply. Um, he said, I told her that she need not say anything then, but she could make a statement if she wished. And Pauline said, no, ask me questions. And so here's the um, interview that followed. Question. Okay. Who assaulted your mother? Answer, I did. Why? If you don't mind, I won't answer that question. When did you make up your mind to kill your mother? A few days ago. Did you tell anyone you were going to do it? No, my friend did not know anything about it. She was out of sight at the time. She had gone on ahead. What did your mother say when you struck her? I would rather not answer that. How often did you how often did you hit her? I don't know, but a great many times, I imagine. What did you use? A half brick inside the foot of a stocking. I took them with me for the purpose. I had the brick in my shoulder bag. I wish to state that Juliet did not know of my intentions and did not see me strike my mother. I took the chance to strike my mother when Juliet was away. I still do not wish to say why I killed my mother. <laughs>
0: he thinks the lady protests too much
1: Uh uh-huh did you tell juliet that you killed your mother she knew nothing about it as far as i know she believed what i told her although she may have guessed what had happened but i doubt it as we were both so shaken that it probably did not occur to her why did juliet tell the same story as you to the lady in the tea kiosk I think she simply copied what I said. She might have suspected that I had done what I had done and she would not have wished to believe it, nor to have got me in trouble. As soon as I started to strike my mother, I regretted it, but I could not stop.
0: I have a question.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: How did they both get covered in blood?
1: Uh Uh-huh. That's what they asked, too. (laughs) Um... So, as it came out, you know, like I said, these girls had formed this, like, self-sufficient unit. They were dreaming of writing and stuff together, and um, they were going to move to Hollywood and be actresses and Hollywood writers, and that was their dream. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, Between Juliet's mother's, like, Hilda's very blatant affair and her father actually being really bad at running a university, despite being a brilliant mathematician, Um, they were going to leave Christchurch, New Zealand. They were headed towards South Africa next. And um, Juliet had convinced herself and convinced Pauline that Pauline was going to come with them and that they would just be together forever. And um, Juliet's, I mean, and Pauline's mother said, absolutely not. You are not moving to South Africa. What the hell is wrong with you? Which seems like a perfectly reasonable reason to kill your mother.
0: Oh, no, I was going to say it's a perfectly reasonable response by the mother. No, no. (laughs) Listen,
1: I know that you feel a connection to her because you are a mother. But um, (laughs) as somebody who was 16, I can tell you that... (laughs) Oh my God! <laughs> so, um, as they, uh, <coughs> sorry, as they went to court for this nightmare, um, the, um, they were questioned. Uh, their sanity was taken into question, um, and their defense tried to argue for uh, insanity via um, folly adieu. Folly
0: adieu. Uh-huh.
1: uh-huh and so um, one of the things that debunked the idea of Folly Adieu is um, which one of the um, doctors who was evaluating them had gotten his hands on this poem that the girls wrote of themselves um, it was called the ones I worship and I'm just gonna read you the second verse. God, okay i worship the power of these lovely two with that adoring love known to so few tans indeed a miracle one must feel that two such heavenly creatures are real both sets of eyes though different far hold many mysteries strange impassively they watch the race of man decay and change hatred burning bright in the brown eyes for fuel ivy scorn glitters in gray eyes contemptuous and cruel why are men such fools they will not realize the wisdom that is hidden behind those strange eyes and these wonderful people are you and I
0: I mean, that's really bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it also shows that like, so one of the defining things of Folly you is that it's a sudden onset. Like it's a a psychiatric break that happens at the same time between two people. Yeah. This poem was written months in advance. So they just truly thought themselves deities. And thought the entire world was blessed to be with them.
0: You know, I always think these two people at my work have folly Because when they get together, they're crazy But Now I think it's this thing Right They think they're God Right um,
1: That's the that problem. So, because they were both minors New Zealand could not charge them with any life offense So, they did go to prison for five years each mm. But um. One of the things they said was, at least if we go to prison, we'll still be together. So the judge put them in prisons on opposite sides of New Zealand.
0: <laughs> um, dumb, dumb dummies.
1: So, and that was the last time that they saw each other in person. They were briefly in the same prison right toward the end of their sentences, but they were on opposite schedules. So their paths never crossed. Um, so after it was all over Pauline. Actually, she changed her name and faded into obscurity. Um, and, um, Juliet, her father stopped speaking with her. Um, but her mother did not. Her mother and father actually divorced, and her mother married the gardener, um, Bill Perry. So Bill Perry formally adopted Juliet, who mm-hmm. changed her name when she got out of prison, and they um, she lived with her mother and stepfather, or I guess adopted father now, for a few years before moving to Hollywood to try to make it big as a writer. Um, and then she moved to um, Scotland to live as a writer. And uh, she actually has published over a hundred books now, many wow. of which are murder mystery novels. Interesting. And her name is Anne Perry. Uh And she's a very prolific writer who has actually written for Hollywood and um, just kind of buried her past for a long time. No one knew who she was until in the 90s. um, A movie called Heavenly Creatures was made starring Scarlett Johansson, I do believe. um, Yes. About this case. Oh. So it revived um interest in this case and a journalist actually went out and did digging and digging and digging until they found that Anne Perry was in fact Juliet Hume. Um and so she's given a couple of interviews about her past and that she never actually hid it, she just didn't bring it up. Like
0: it's Kate Winslet,
1: not... Thank Charlotte you, Kate Johnson. Winslet. Um, I knew Scarlett Johansson felt wrong, but then once I'd said it, I had to commit to it. Um, so, um, you know, she gave an interview about how she never said that she wasn't this girl. She just never openly said that she was. And um, it turned into this big thing. Um But yeah, she turned to a very public life where she wrote about murder, which I find super odd, but you know, to each his own. Um, meanwhile right, what
0: you know, I guess.
1: Um, they were never able to formally track down Pauline, but they did track down one of Pauline's siblings who spoke on her behalf. She said that she'd spoken to Pauline to get permission to speak up, but um, basically Pauline spent the rest of her life um, atoning for this murder. Um, she... Mm-hmm. Became um, very religious. She lived her the rest of her life almost like a nun. Um, she taught horseback riding lessons, and then she would retire to her home every day to pray. And um, she cut herself off; like she really went into hermitage and. Um, locked herself yeah. behind closed doors and had no TV and no radio and did not get newspapers. She had no contact to the outside world. Um, wow. So that's really sad. It is very sad and probably the most interesting case I've heard in a long time.
0: And so the other person in Heavenly Creatures, um, the other actress, she played Rose on Two and a Half Men and really? Lynn in Sweet Home, Alabama. Huh. Yeah. What? How interesting yeah um, so IMDB holds all kinds of interesting information
1: I cannot like I'm going to watch this movie now that I have read about you this should. case uh, and I will tell y'all how it is because I'm on spring break so I'll probably watch it this week if I can get my hands on it
0: um, you lucky duck
1: right so that is the story of Anne Perry murderer to murder mystery Yay. writer it's very interesting thank you for very indulging me and I told Sarah I was like you know I've not given a murder in my um, Patreon notes in a long time that it's yeah. nice to kind of go back to my roots
0: <laughs> for sure
1: alright well everybody well, have next a- week I'll oh, be back
0: yeah. with the next segment of the Royals or the Windsors <laughs> Very excited.
1: Good. I can't wait to hear all about it. Yay. All right. Well, y'all have a beautiful day and thanks for sharing your time with us.
0: Yes. Bye. Bye.